that's where Jason Kenny falls apart for me is that he doesn't even understand the political necessity of it. For him, it's about this program and putting in place as much as humanly possible in the short time he has, whatever time he has. And he doesn't give a shit about re-election in the same sense. He doesn't give a shit about human beings, protests, any of that stuff. And so that's where we need to be very, very careful. Forgotten Corner Podcast would not exist without our listeners. If you enjoy the work we are doing on this show and would like to support further, please consider a donation through our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash forgottencornerpod, or visit our website, forgottencornerpod.com. Welcome back to the Forgotten Corner Podcast. I'm Scott Schmidt. I'm here alongside my good friend and co-host, Jeremy Appel. How are you on this fine Saturday morning, Jeremy? Hello. Um, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Just, yeah? Like, how are you in comparison to last week? Like, the last time I talked to you, you were, like, turning this corner. Have you stuck with that? Or you're- yes, actually. Uh, announcement. Uh, career uh, announcement. I am going to be helping write the uh, daily newsletter for a website called Passage, which uh, listeners are probably somewhat familiar with. I've written it a few times. And uh, so I'm going to be writing that like once or twice a week, starting uh, this week. So that's exciting. Well, that's awesome. I didn't know about that. I was actually asking about the social media thing, but I am happy to hear that you're doing that. I, I assume, oh, by, yeah. I assume uh, by saying career thing that Passage is going to pay you a little bit for this? Yeah. Yeah. Even better news. Yeah. Even better news. So but, um, in terms of uh, limiting my social media usage, um, it's been good uh, being able to have conversations with people in person. Have, so you have kept them off your phone like this yeah. is, for those of us that didn't listen last week like jeremy took social media off his phone yeah and it changed his life he said well, i'm good i'm glad well, i was really hoping i didn't come this to record this week and you'd be like yeah i gave that up on monday you know <laughs> the day i started um, i didn't make it no um i mean sometimes because i still have messenger on my phone um, and so sometimes someone will like message me a tweet and then I'll click it and then my Twitter will open up. But like, you know, I, I think it's the lack of like constant notifications. Yeah, it's a nice, it's nice. Matt, yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Okay, well, we will, uh, Mo, you're muted, but just say hello. I actually just read your column, Scott. It was really good. Like we were sitting here, you were reading it. Did you like it? Yeah, perfect amount of sarcasm in there. I think when I, Roberta read it before I wrote, uh, printed it too, and I, uh, she was like, that's a good place to have put that, like, acknowledge the sarcasm part or whatever. Because I think when you're, like, I kept it going for a few paragraphs, but I think when I got to the point where I was asking disabled people to quit faking and get a job, I better, I better let people know that I was kidding around, like I was being sarcastic, but I'm glad you liked it. I'm not sure, like, if that's a subject a person should, like, make jokes about necessarily, but I'm not sure I was really making a joke other than, um, 
like I'm not sure I was really making a joke more as much as I was pointing out how unbelievably absurd it is to for a fucking politician to stand there in front of other humans and say things like that you mean humans not other humans well well and this you should read my column because like second uh, sentence i refer to his non-humanness a little bit this also reminds me uh this one's for roberta um i began reading a little book this week uh, called the People's Republic of Walmart. I, I I hear that you're familiar with it. It's a shitty book. You won't even like it. Roberta, do you even like that book? Not at all. I've never yeah. mentioned it once. It's all she I, ever I says. wouldn't encourage anybody to read it. I'm here, by the way. Hi. Yeah, we haven't said hi to her yet. So let's just say hi to Roberta. Hi, Roberta. Hi. I was trying to keep my mouth shut through all of that. I just wanted to comment on things. Why? But I'm like, I'm not even here yet. No, you are. Them. I mean, anyone that shows up for a Just Us episode is pretty much already aware that you're going to be in the room. That's true. That's fair. I didn't know Mo was, I didn't know Mo read my stuff. I didn't think we were going to talk about that today. But in, in a sense, that's actually kind of what we came here to talk about today. Because when I was writing this or I think no I'd finished writing it because I sent it to you and we chatted on the phone quick like hey what should we talk about tomorrow and I was like all right so I'm going to pose this to how I posed it to you and I don't mind my career ending for being an asshole here or whatever but like I want to disclaim that you know I'm trying to uh, find the right way to word this okay I don't think you know Jason Kenny's personal life matters a lick you know to me like what this isn't the point. Like I've had people message me and be like, Hey, we should look into, you know, and it's like, fuck off, man. Like, why would you even care about these kinds of things? However, I was just posing the question to Roberta yesterday that like, does anyone even know of like a single human relationship that Jason Kenny has had in his life? And I don't mean like boyfriend or girlfriend or like, anything like that i i just mean like ha, do we know anyone that was like his childhood buddy or somebody that he like like the point i'm trying to make here is is that like it feels like jason kenny has a complete inability to feel empathy for other humans well i he has no friends like that. I, I think today that's... he does it i mean in life i'm asking i guess jeremy I don't know if hey if you're listening and you were Jason Kenny's friend growing up, right. uh, please us, tell us. Yeah, sign your DMs. We'd love to interview you. But uh, about but, what like. but the point I'm trying to make here, and I was saying to Roberta, like I don't care if he if you want to lit like if if you don't like people very much, or you like being alone or whatever. I don't care. Like live your life how you want to live your life. That's not the point. I'm asking if. The shoe, like if the guy that when he stands up there says the things like this week where he says where they asked him about these this H criteria review, and he and he said no, I was gonna say he basically said no, he fucking flat out said that there are people that are pulling in H that should be that are like basically milking off of that and they should be working and they're not they're not really severely handicapped as the archaic acronym states and it's just like and you sit there as another like as a human being watching someone talk about people with disabilities whether they are even like like 
whether they are worthy of getting maybe $1,685 a month in survival support. And you think as, as a human, you watch that and you're like, how the fuck is this guy this far in life and he's this shitty to people? Like he, he thinks of humans in this way, you know, the human capital that he spoke of in the election and things like that. Like when has he ever said anything where you're like, oh, you can tell that that guy uh, is empathizing with somebody right now. Like he has no empathy. And I guess I was just asking Roberta and I'm going to let her talk here now, but I was asking Roberta, like, is that something, is, are you a piece of shit? If you say, Hey, like, I don't think this guy has any, like has ever really had any relationships in his personal life. Is that like unchart? Like, should I not be talking about that? Or is it worth mentioning that? Hey, like this guy that is a clear robot who has no empathy for other humans has anyone ever seen him like have a friend before? Is that something we should talk about? Should our world leaders know how to be a human? Anyways, go ahead, Roberta. I'm sorry. No, I think I mean canceled. I'm sure that's okay. (laughs) We might as well get canceled. Every all the cool kids are getting canceled. It might as well be us. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's such an interesting question and, and I don't think it's actually as controversial as you might think it is in some ways, because this is what we often talk about our political leaders for. Um, we question their personal lives all the time. Um, and I don't, I don't agree with it. I, I agree with everything you said, Scott, about like, I don't care at all about Jason Kenney's personal life. I don't care if he's gay or straight or lives with his mom or doesn't live with his mom or any of that stuff. I mean, I care about the living with his mom in the sense that he was ripping off the Canadian government and therefore me paying for a place he didn't need. But I mean, that's the only reason I care about that. I don't I don't care if he actually lives with his mom or not. I don't care if he's a misanthrope and hates people. I'm a misanthrope. I hate people too. I mean, I really, I love all of you guys, but, but what I care about is that our political leaders who are making decisions about policies that are going to affect people's lives, like their literal survival, have some sense of compassion, you use the word empathy, um, some understanding that the world's not easy for most people and that we have to support and protect people. And so I worry not so much about his personal life, don't care who his friends are, if he has any, doesn't matter to me. What I care is that he can stand in a room and make decisions with some level of compassion and empathy for the other human beings that live in his world with him. And I worry about it. I mean, he does, he's scary when he talks. We're not humans to him. And one of the things we talked about yesterday that I think we should flesh out a little bit is which came first, his ideology of understanding the world in terms of capital and the the advancement of capitalism and that sort of individualism. Individualism. Except except when it comes to failing oil companies. Right, right, right. I mean, of course, then it's like the profit motive in that sense. So did that come first or was it that he already had no sense of empathy or compassion um, and was searching for an ideology that fit that? Because it'd be pretty hard to be a socialist and have no empathy, I think. I mean, part of the core of socialism is caring about human beings and thinking they could be better than they are. Um, And so that's the part I think that worries me, not what his actual personal life is. I think Jason Kenney is a lizard person. Um, I mean, I totally agree when we're just, but I mean, I mean this in like serious fashions. Like, do you not think that like, 
are you not starting to wonder if it's even capable inside of him? Like, has he ever felt empathy toward another human? Well, you know, I've, I've been aware of him since he was like Harper's minister of uh, citizenship and immigration. And I'm not, you know, if, if he has expressed his humanity, I'm not aware of it. Um, you know, he's cold, he's calculated. He's intelligent. Um, you, David Kahn, when we had him on the show, mentioned that he's very charismatic and charming. I mean, but he's he's not the type of guy like like even when he's doing his like like when he did that photo hop with Andrew Shearer when they were watching the Flames game, right? And they gave each other props. It like for both of them, it looked so contrived. Like, I, but I could see Andrew Shearer having friends. Um, you know, he has family and, you know, I'm sure he's a perfectly sociable guy. Like, that's, a, you made a great point. Like, these, this guy that is supposed to be so charismatic, everybody talks about Jason Kenny's charisma and his charm and shit. And it's like, if he's been doing this this long and he's so polished, how come he does look like an awkward meathead in every photo op or every situation where it has to do with any human contact or him looking human? Like seriously, these, this idea, and I get that people loved it or whatever, or thought they, they, I think more because Albertans were so conservative, they didn't give a fuck how phony he was, just that he was conservative. But no person with any real ability to like judge another human person saw Jason Kenny driving around in that truck, tucking in that fricking those ridiculous shirts into those brand new jeans right off the shelf. And like that dopey smile on his face, like I'm one of you smiles. Like how the fuck did you look at that and think like, this guy absolutely relates to me. Like to all the, like I get that I don't relate to those people. Like I get that they don't see like a, like a farmer. My, my, my father-in-law is a rancher. I mean, he probably, like, he likes me. We get along really well, but he doesn't like look at me and think like at the very sight of me and think, ah, I get this guy. <laughs> you know? Well, but I wonder too, like your point about people not caring. I actually think that we've built into our system and our assumptions about politics that we don't want people that have empathy or compassion or caring for other people. Like we have a very, this is very gendered, but that's the way it's set up in our society is that we have a very male dominated sense of leadership and control of our, our political world, which is very much about like, we all know about toxic masculinity. I mean, you're doing an episode on the suicide issues in Medicine Hat. It's a big deal, this toxic masculinity. And it's built into our assumptions about leadership that we want, or we've been told that we want these men who are strong and powerful and confident and charismatic and can, you know, pound their fist on the table and tell us how it all is going to be. And when we're presented with a different kind of leader, um, a female leader, for instance, maybe as just an example, or a, a leader like Justin Trudeau, I think is also put forward as this, um, that are more um, empathetic, maybe more cooperative, more conscientious about human suffering, other sorts of things. Not to, I'm not saying Justin Trudeau is any of those things, but I'm just saying he's, he's framed as that. He's good at cultivating that. Yeah, he has that image and has purposely done it. 
But I th- I wonder if people look at that and are like, oh, wait, that's that's not the kind of leadership we need or want. We actually have been convinced that we want this like hard shell style of leader, like a Stephen Harper or a, a Jason Kenney. And when we're presented with a Rachel Notley or a Justin Trudeau, we're told that they're weak and they're, um, you know, too fuzzy and too like they, they care too much about people and not enough about the economy or whatever all the, the stupid things are. And so I wonder if it's not even just that people don't care about Jason Kenney being those things. They just wanted the change. They were going to vote for him no matter what. Or if it's actually that they're convinced that's the kind of leadership we need. And in fact, I would argue it's the opposite of what we need. And he's showing that right now. <laughs> Do you think, Roberta, that, that there's sense. that there's like a gendered uh, aspect to that? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I think so much of our leadership has been framed around a. a an ideal of leadership that's very masculine. I mean, it's very competitive. It's very individualistic. It's very, um, you know, hard. We need to be tough and we need to stand up. And, and those things are generally framed in masculine terms. I mean, these are all wrong. I mean, we can break these apart so many ways, but, but then the other side of the more cooperative, more kind of empathetic, more, um, helpful style of leadership we look down upon as a society and see as as too weak. That's not going to help us on a world stage or or any of those places. So for sure, there's a gender component. Do you guys remember that uh, Lori Goldstein uh, Twitter thread that like listed uh, all the times Trudeau's cried? As a bad thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I remember yeah, he I listed remember, his fucking dad's funeral on that. I, I remember talking to you about that, Scott. I don't know why that memory stands out so much to me, but because yeah, I, I, I think we thought well, it was pretty fucking funny that you're not supposed to cry at your dad's funeral. Yeah, what a pussy. His dad died. Right? Well, like, this he, is what I mean. Like, Jason Kenny's not going to cry when his dad died. I mean, I don't know anything. I mean, maybe he will. I don't know. I shouldn't make any of these assumptions. Is his dad but, alive? I don't know. I have no clue anything about this. But my sense is he would never allow himself to be seen in public with that kind of, of persona. And I think we see why. Like, Justin Trudeau got hell for crying at his father's funeral. Like, who... <laughs> I mean, I would be very upset if he didn't cry at his father's funeral. Like, that is a human emotion. Right, right. And so our this, leaders should be human. The question I'm asking, though, this is like we're uh, – yes. I'm, I'm suggesting, though, this is my whole point. I'm asking, is Kenny – do you actually think that Kenny is just doing acts like this because he thinks he needs to be tough in public? Or do you actually – like, I'm at the point now, I guess – I'll just say it where I don't think he's capable of any of the things we're talking about, like at all capable of it. Like, I don't think he's doing it because he's politically savvy. I'm at the point now where I don't think that this man has, he, he is where he is. Maybe if we all need this or think we want this, that's why he's where he is. But someone's got to show me that this is political savvy and not just like literally the human the person he is which is like i don't know it, it, yeah i don't i don't, I don't sociopathic like literally doesn't care about other people 
Like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's an act. And I think the way we know it's an act, not an act, is that he can't turn it off. They have to put on these fake weird photo ops and these weird contrived situations to make him look like a human. Like, remember when Stephen Harper, they started to put him in, dress him in like sweaters and have kittens and like all these things to make him seem a little more cuddly? Like people, I mean, what a joke that is. But anyway. Who um, was in charge of that? I don't joke. know. Who's in charge of the conservatives whole thing because it's a mess um, um, but I think they therefore understand that their style of leadership it can rub people the wrong way like this can be a problem and so I don't think it's an act I think if it was an act he'd turn it off and he'd be better at turning it off and I also don't think it would show up in the same cruel level of cruelty in terms of the policies that he's promoting and encouraging like I think if he was just acting tough to be a good leader he wouldn't be gutting Aish and claiming that people don't deserve it. Like how, how can you not understand that you are, every one of us is so close to being in that same situation. And even if we weren't, we should care about all the human beings who are left vulnerable in our society. You like know, he can't turn that off. And so I worry about it. Do you know who he thinks he is? You know, the show house, you remember that show? where that doctor like didn't give a shit about, he was just a dick. He didn't care about anybody, but like he was a really, really good doctor. And like, he knew that he would save the day. Kenny thinks he's host. Like he's like, you know, I have to make these tough decisions, but I'm, I'm the doctor that's going to fix it all. Like every, cause he really does believe in his ideology. I don't think that anyone's arguing that. Like, I don't like, I, I, I had a discussion with a, a, a gentleman this morning when we were talking about my call. I'm like, he's like, I, you know, you say that he's, you know, he's not doing it just to be cruel. I think he is. I'm like, well, I don't think you, like, I don't think that comes across his mind. Like, I don't think the, I, whether he's being cruel or not matters. Jeremy, you're nodding in agreement. What are, what are your thoughts here? Well, yeah, I think he's a pure ideologue. Um, I think uh, a, a comparison um, between him and Trump um, in the sense that um, neither of them can sort of turn off this public persona they have, right? Like it's genuine, but a contrast with Trump is that Jason Kenney is intensely ideological, whereas Donald Trump just, you know, says what the evangelicals want him to say and NRA and all that, where whereas Kenny is a true believer, right? Yeah, and that goes back to his time in like San Francisco, um, which the sprawl did uh, an incredible uh, couple pieces on. Uh, they sent a reporter to San Francisco to investigate, and um. Yeah, I mean, his cruelty goes back. Like, that's the thing. Like, this, if it was an act, I don't think we could go back to that case in San Francisco where he worked incredibly hard to keep gay partners from seeing each other as they were dying from AIDS. Like, how, how awful do you have to be to promote that kind of a policy? And so I, I think it's it's part of and like i said before is it which comes first Did, was he attracted to that ideology because he already had this sort of lack of empathy and care or um did he kind of fit himself into this ideology i like i think i mean i guess my sense is you would be attracted to an ideology like that 
right. if you don't care about human beings. Like that's, I mean, not to be he, super harsh he, about he conservatives, but. He didn't campaign for uh, gay men to be kept apart while the other was dying because he like, was like, I fucking hate these people. He honestly just, his, he just believed that like, that's wrong and they're not your actual family and only your family should see you before you die. Like he just believed that that's how things were. He like, he doesn't get to the point where he's like, I'm doing something mean. He actually thinks he's right. Right. And, and he's never apologized for that. He's, he said no. that his views have evolved, which if they haven't, <laughs> yeah, if that's indeed the case, say the words, I am sorry. Or- well, and act differently. More importantly, act differently because he's doing similar things now, just not as overtly or, I mean, we're past that issue because that's been decided by courts and other things. Um, and so, but his treatment of LGBTQ peoples is horrifying. His treatment of human beings like we're talking about today. Just so like, yes, apologize, but also just act better you know if you're if your views have actually changed so oil, i don't buy it for a oil, second but yeah oil companies are people too so right in, in, in that respect um he, he's got the compassion <laughs> but even yeah. then, it's not it's not it's not uh, obviously i'm joking because it's not even compassion right it's just they're um exactly like everything they're just objects to him as part of his like grand political strategy of like destroying um, whatever remains of the welfare state and imposing this harsh, austere agenda on Alberta. And, and, you know, people, uh, you know, you hear people all the time, uh, you know, especially after the last uh, federal election, like, oh, Kenny's just gonna leave Alberta and uh, run for the Conservative Party leadership. I think he will eventually, but he's got a lot more damage to do here. And this is, I think, his uh, his sort of test lab. Right? Exactly. Because Alberta... An experiment. Yeah, because Alberta is the province most conducive towards... If it won't work here, it's not going to work, right? Right. Well, and I think neoliberals everywhere are watching this very, very closely because this is the experiment. Like, we are the lab at the moment. We're all one big Petri dish right now of seeing how far you can push and how much damage you can do um, before 100%. people actually snap. Um, and so, like, I've said this before, I think, on here that, like, when he was elected, he just came in and threw that neoliberal playbook right on the table and was like, okay, we're doing all of this right now. Um, and so people are watching because there's a lot lot of others like him who would love to do the same kind of work and so um, that's part of the danger of all of this is if we let him do this it's spreading elsewhere um, because people will have learned the strategy and yes Alberta is unique we tend to have this weird weird political culture and Kenny can get away with things that possibly others couldn't get away with elsewhere but this is the experimental ground right now if kenny gets away with cutting age and cutting post-secondary and privatizing healthcare and all the things it's going to spread really fast to all the other constituencies as well they're seeing if this works but what is works works well, I mean, I is think- all the is this unbelievably uh ex- ever expanding business market right that's what works is to them 
Yeah, absolutely. Like the spread of free market capitalism to its fullest extent. I mean, my sense here is that they are trying to expropriate as much wealth, both resource-based and financial-based, as humanly possible in the very short time. They know that they also have to do this. They're not idiots. They know oil and gas is on its way out despite all their um, yelling and screaming to the other way. They know that this is all falling down. And so they are trying to maximize as quickly as possible the profits they can take from it. And then they will cut and run and try the same thing in another jurisdiction. Cut, cut, cut. The thing that I think human beings have discovered, though, is that as we accelerate inequality and as we create this society that doesn't care about the most vulnerable and the people really um, who are left to die, quite literally, um, you know, people don't put up with that. That's when rebellions and resistance happens. Um, we cannot survive this kind of inequality. Even the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, which for decades promoted this neoliberal austerity style of finance, has said recently like, oh shit, inequality is actually a bigger problem to the spread of profit and business than we thought it was. Oops, you might want to put back in some of those social welfare programs and other things that help limit some of that inequality. So like their end goal is a really big problem in so many different ways. Well, yeah, sure. and our uh, new finance minister, Christia Freeland, for all her flaws, I mean, she's written about that, uh, you know, in her book, Plutocrats, which I don't think is nearly as critical of the Plutocrats as it should be. But her, the entire premise of the book is, yeah, these super wealthy people are great. I'm friends with them. They, uh, you know, create jobs and all this ideological stuff, but they should pay some more money. And uh, and in 2015, I mean, Trudeau outflanked the NDP uh, from the left on what ended up being a major issue in the election, and that was uh, deficit spending and sort of not ending austerity, but sort of putting the brakes on it and increasing social spending, which is still, uh, from my understanding, nowhere near where it was when his dad was prime minister. But it's, you know, and, and so when people say that we're not living in austerity, that's not true. We are. It's just been... It could um, be worse. <laughs> it, it, it's been slowed down a bit, right. I think, is what I'm trying to say. And I think we can see other examples of this. Like Mackenzie King was a very odd duck. Um, like if you're thinking of comparisons to Jason Kenney, perhaps he might be somewhat similar in some ways. Um, he didn't have relationships in the same way. Um, he, you know, was renowned for holding seances so that he could talk to his dead mother to get political advice. Like things we would probably not really want in our political leaders necessarily. King. Yes. Um, I think it's king shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I, but the thing with Mackenzie King is that he was also a much more astute politician in the sense that despite whatever his ideology might have been, he realized that he had to implement things like social programs, um, pensions, unemployment insurance, all these kinds of things because 
it's necessary to support the most vulnerable in our society in order to have a peaceful, secure, stable society. It wasn't because he cared all that much. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know him as a person. He's been dead a very long time. But it wasn't about this kind of mushy ideology. I mean, I could hold a seance, I guess. <laughs> Maybe we should do that one episode, hold a seance to try and talk to Mackenzie King. That would Damn, be do you have a Ouija board? I don't. I'm scared of them. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I don't either. Scott, you did when we were kids or teenagers. I could get, her. I could get my hands on I'm sure support. you could find one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he understood the political necessity of, of creating these programs. So it wasn't like he was all fuzzy and mushy and like, ooh, we need to help people. But he understood the political necessity of it. That's where Jason Kenney falls apart for me is that he doesn't even understand the political necessity of it. For him, it's about this program and putting in place as much as humanly possible in the short time he has, whatever time he has. And he doesn't give a shit about re-election in the same sense. He doesn't give a shit about human beings, protests, any of that stuff. And so that's where we need to be very, very careful. I love the passion that people have, you know, and the ones that are like, man, you know, like Mike, I don't know, Kenny, Kenny obviously just doesn't want to win in 2023 if he's going to keep acting like this. And he's got to know that eventually people are going to be on to him and oh the polls say the ndp is tied and fucking jesus he doesn't care about that stuff none of that like like when roberta said we're running out of time they're running out of time for things like we're talking about obviously like whether it's climate change or just literally the the possible ever expansion of our economy eventually these things burst big right and like we got some like some real fucking troubling shit coming our way and these guys aren't here to, for longevity they don't give a fuck about the second term or the third term or 44 more years of rule yeah I used they're to here to do what they're doing and when they say things like when they come in and they say things like shock and awe like they literally stole a term from an american assault on Baghdad from like 2002 or three or whatever it was as a as their terminology to describe how they were going to govern when they came here fucking think about that even if you think that they were going to do good things they were they you're getting bombed by it well ahead, and, and that's not the only one I've heard uh, UCP MLAs and our member of parliament here uh, used the words regime change to refer to um, their assuming power, right? And right. I don't, I, I mean, Kenny is also a huge uh, neocon, um, if you recall his time in Harper's government. This rhetoric isn't a coincidence. Right. No, not at all. And I used to think in Alberta, they just had the attitude that they'll just get elected no matter what. Like, that's what I used to think the goal was, is that, or the thinking was, is that no matter what, Albertans vote for conservatives. Like, they can do whatever they want, and it's really rare for them to lose. I think they... I the way I used to interpret it is that they saw the Notley government as a, a, just a weird fluke and that the natural governing party in this province is the conservatives. But now I'm not even so sure that that's their attitude. Now I just think their attitude is, as Scott said, this shock and awe style of governing that they don't, they don't 
care if they win or not. I mean, I think they assume that they are the natural governing party and that we, they will get reelected. But anywhere else, as public opinion shifts, politicians tend to respond, not always in the ways we want, but they want to get reelected. That's the game of electoral politics. But these guys, it's the it's this playbook. This is the goal. It's not re-election. It's not about controlling the province forever. It's about doing as fast and as hard a job as they can of implementing this harsh form of neoliberal austerity and then get the fuck out and they'll go enjoy their riches wherever climate change won't hit them, which good luck with that. So I don't know. I, I'm changing my thinking about what their strategy is. And I think that should make us very cautious because if it's not about re-election, then they're legit not ever going to care about what we say. And our protests and our demonstrations and all that are not going to matter at all. So we need to think through that, I think, carefully. It's hard to believe that Kenny's only been in power like a year and a half, not even. And, I'm exhausted already. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, strap in, because I right. I hope I'm wrong, but yep. I think I think he's going to be here for a while. Um, and then he's uh, going to go to Ottawa and uh, try and do some damage there. But... I don't know. Is he? I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder about his possibility of that. that. Like, I don't think he's well-liked outside of Alberta. No, but I think he wants to, uh, when all is said and done, Albert, when he's been premier for like two or three terms, um, I, I think he probably wants to be the longest serving premier of Alberta. Yeah. I can see that being an ambition of his. And then why not try your luck in federal politics? Because then you can say, oh, look at all this experience I have. Plus, I've been in cabinet. And well, I, plus it's a bigger platform to put in place this austerity agenda. Like the provinces can only do so much, although they're in charge of social programs. So they, most social programs, so they have a lot of power, but really it'd be the federal, if he could control the federal government and implement this playbook, watch out. Cause that's a lot of funding coming to the other provinces to try and settle things like imagine having the equalization conversation if he was fucking prime minister like oh my god i just want to vomit right now um and again it's not about like okay so maybe he wants to be the longest serving premier in in canadian history well that's not a good reason to be up in politics like i'm sorry but i want somebody who wants to make this place better not who no. just wants to be there well, the sorry, longest I, you know? I don't i don't think he's in politics to be there longest i think he's in politics to impose his uh neoliberal slash neoconservative he, agenda. he might have personal aspirations yeah but his ideological aspirations outweigh his personal aspirations. By, by the way, Roberta, who is the longest oh premier that you're aware of? I'm not sure, actually. I'd have to look. We're getting to our time here, so we're gonna we'll we'll wrap this up because I like how we we're very tangenty sometimes, but it's all kind of related. But, it is uh, all related because well, we that's, started. That's the just us. We, uh, we, right. We started with like, does Jason Kenny love? And we ended up here, right? <laughs> but um, I guess all I wanted to say on the, I'll, I'll give my final thoughts quick and let you guys each have a have a go. But all I really wanted to say on the last bit that we said was, even if he's trying to win 
in 2023 or, or wants to win or thinks about that. He thinks what he's doing will work. So if people think that a poll at the one year and five month mark or whatever will, that says he's neck and neck is going to sway him from continuing to do this in unabashed, shock and awe fashion, they're kidding themselves, fucking kidding themselves. All of the times that they have backed off certain things, like any of the doctor fee shit, were minuscule things that they were prepared to back off on anyways. All the big things that they wanted to ram through went through. Why do you think all the fuck, like our good friend Raddy is leaving? Like they didn't fucking gone, man. And we'll talk about that. We could talk about that in a second, but yes, she's yes. I didn't see the tweet. And so like (laughs) all these, they're not making concessions in those points. So what I'm saying is don't get stuck on the political idea of what he might want to do. Albertans, like whether he wants to win or not, or whether he's trying to get to Ottawa, he doesn't fucking care. What he cares about is that this ideology is the thing that's going to get him there and it's going to work, but we know it won't. And so we have to stay on top of the things that they're doing to show people how not working it's going to get because he's a very much like it'll be worse before it's better and this is a hard time and we got to make hard choices guy so don't fucking think that he cares that he's neck and neck with the ndp right now because he thinks this will work anyways jeremy your final thoughts yeah i mean he's neck and neck with the ndp now and i know rachel notley's doing uh interviews with uh rick bell about her uh, cutlets her, her cutlets and lots of gravy <laughs> um but again polls are just snapshot in time and yeah people are really and rightfully uh, upset with kenny but keep in mind the next election isn't till 2023 um so <laughs> he's got a few years to yes um make people really angry about things that um, don't affect them in their day-to-day lives to distract them from uh, those that do. Roberta? Um, I'm going to come back to the to the love question and say um, that I, I'm not a huge fan of politics about love and hope either. Like, I hate the NDP's plan to just make us all, like the federal NDP's love and hope campaigns of we don't need policies or radical changes. We just all need to love and, and care for each other. Um, that also really bothers me. I don't want that. I want good policy that are, is going to help people. But I, I think we need to keep an eye on Jason Kenney and his potential inability to care at all about any of us and that his goal is this program and it's an ideological goal. And if people suffer and hurt over the next four years and beyond, he that's not 
the point. He doesn't, he doesn't right. care. And so we need to think carefully about how we respond then because shaming him or guilting him or trying to invoke some sense of empathy is not going to work, unfortunately, um, I don't think, unless somebody can prove otherwise. Um, and so I think we do need to pay attention to this. And it is an important conversation to have, I think. We may all get canceled for this one, especially calling him a sociopath, but whatever. Who cares? I, I, I think we have to talk it. about that. Yes. I, the, if, if people use that word in a different, like they use it in an overtop fashion, like the actual definition, I'm just asking, does he literally, like people that think like, oh my God, how can he say this about people with, about persons with disabilities? Like he's going to go after them. Like he fucking doesn't disassociate anyone from, like no one is more hard. He does not care about anyone equally. <laughs> Yeah, like, exactly. So, like, if I'm just posing the question, like, is he capable of caring or is he choosing not to care? And he can fucking come after me or his people can come after me proposing that. I'll step up and stand up to that any give, any day of the week because they're going to have to show me an example of him giving two fucks about another human. Well, and I would and actually I like them. <laughs> I would actually like them to answer that exact question that you just posed: is that is he not capable of caring, or does he choose not to? Correct. Because both of those are incredibly problematic, but are also really good to know in terms of our response strategy. Because if he does care about people, but is making a different choice, good to know. If he really just doesn't care at all, that's also really important to know. So, I'd like that question answered. <laughs> But ultimately, does it really matter? Well, no. I mean, no. the outcome's the same. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just mean yeah. more in terms of our resistance and our response to him, it might matter. Because but, if he legit yeah, does how? care about people, maybe we can find... I don't think he does. So I don't think that matters that much. But it does matter, I think, in terms of how we can frame the strategy and response. Jeremy, I think the only way it matters is it how, the level of which it speaks to how conditioned the voting base is in in our day and age. That's all I'm saying is like, are we at this point, like when Roberta posed the question of like, do we just think that that's how a guy is supposed to be hard or -er -er, that we've now, and we've done that for so long that we've now gotten to the point where people that aren't even capable of anything else are the ones that are rising to the top. That's the thing, I, the question I'm posing. Like, I don't give a fuck if Jason Kenny wants to care or doesn't want to care or whatever. He doesn't care. But what does that say about the rest of us that like what and what is it that we need to look for in a person who is in charge what is what matters and i think at this point we can at least suggest that having a human cap capability of empathy matters at least to a degree right like doesn't mean you can't be a hard ass when you need to be a hard ass or whatever the fuck that shit means it just means that you need to like we we have to if we've gotten to the point where we're electing guys like that, then we need to check ourselves a little bit. Very well said. That's the mic drop moment. So I guess we'll end it on that. Um, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, special episode next week. Jeremy's I, I'm going to take a week off and Jeremy, I've got a place I got to be and Jeremy's going to take the show. He's going to do a, really interesting uh, panel discussion um, about some really important subjects uh, in Medicine Hat these days and really around the world. Um, so please tune in to that one next week. It's going to be an interesting one. I can't wait to hear it myself. 
Um, as we always do, thanking our patrons who go above and beyond. Chris Derwold, Big Red Machine, you guys are amazing. Really appreciate all the effort. We've actually got some things in the works um, to like sort of up our game for our patrons um, on the way right now. Uh, we we need like we did this all is like on the side here, folks. So we're trying to get everything where we need to get it, um, but it is coming, and we will make it a little bit more worth your while to be part of the team. But anyway. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you, Jeremy. Good luck next week or tomorrow, I guess, is recording, but good luck and have fun. Roberta, thank you so much. We'll, we'll see you again in a few episodes when we uh, need to do this. Mo, love you. Good luck. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.